Let's learn. Come. We're learning. We're learning. Really, it's the it's the last it's the last tire in the parak, <clears throat> but it's it comes from the mamarim. Please, it comes from the mamarim, the mamari haraya. A mime that's called Heoros Harav that he wrote in response to a certain kuntras, it sounds like, uh, maybe a little cipher that was written by a, uh, by a professor rabbi type that Rav uh, Cook was uh, very, very upset about. And the response to that, the response to that, um, to that rabbi is Rav Cook's vision of the Tchiyalumis of the national revival of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, which to him, the to, the, to Rav Cook, the the entire Tchiyah depends on bringing together Kodesh and Chal. That's that is the biggest theme in all of Rav Kook's writings is the fusion of Kodesh and Chal. Now this rabbi, apparently some German rabbi, with all of his good intentions, was suggesting that that um, Yiddishkeit, Yiddishkeit is a matter of rules and regulations of do's and don'ts, of obedience and so on, and, and that Rav Kook's emphasis on the on the study the learning of Primius Atara and Rahman Libaboy and uh, the the deepest, deepest concepts and thoughts and feelings of Amuna and Avanis Hashem and so on. But that all of that is uh, not consistent with uh, traditional Judaism, with traditional Yahadis. Where according to this according to this rabbi, this professor there was never, we never heard of an obligation or responsibility to believe in these things and to think about these things. And, and Rav Cook basically invites this professor to come to Etisrael. That's what he says. Come to Etisrael. The time has come for the Tri of Am Yisrael in Etisrael. And that cannot take place by returning to the way of the Haskola, by returning to that Mahalach, that empty, cold, sterile, lifeless way of the Haskola, which although Rav Kook acknowledges at the time there was some purpose, not even though it was certainly misbegotten, <coughs> Rav Kook holds that it was totally wrong, but, there, but it could be understood that in the context of, of that period of time, of the Enlightenment, that it was necessary to present a certain... Uh, a, a certain Mahalach of Yiddishkeit in their minds in order to somehow to sustain the observance of Torah and mitzvahs. Let me know from many other places that Rav Kook uh, had very great doubts about the uh, intentions of the of those people. Nevertheless, it could be understood, but now it's not Shaykh. So on page 43, <coughs> this page it says, Ha'oros Arav, the second paragraph where it says, Lo. Let's just finish a little bit more, and then we're going to return to Eretz Chayfetz. Lo. The demand now on the page that you have, the Mimer, so it's page 43, and six lines down. 
Lo, hatviya shalonu, our demand now, what's required of us now, hishleimah viradikalus. It's a complete Yiddishkeit, a complete and a radical change from what has been in the past. Kol chaye haneshama hayisraelis, bimlo hazo hashalah. The kol chaye haneshama hayisraelis, the entirety of Jewish spiritual life. In the fullness of all of its brilliance and beauty. Must illuminate, must shine in our national revival. And this great awareness. We must drive into the people, we must bring this out in every, any way that we can, to be mashpia on the present time. And we see that Knesset Yisrael, but he says, Knesset Yisrael that's in Eretz Yisrael is prepared, is at a stage where they're ready. They're at a stage where they are prepared to receive the deepest, deepest, most noble, most exalted impressions, teachings of Yiddishkeit, feelings and teachings of Yiddishkeit, sheimatimim lahakarazu, vahayosin na'adaram bakodesh, the highest, highest levels of Kedusha, Am Yisrael is now ready to receive. But Rav Kook, Rav Kook is telling this person that that in Chutzlar it's, it's still not visible. In Chutzlar it's still not visible. But in Eretz Yisrael, this is what's happening. Anachnu, therefore, he says, We must bring this out amongst all <coughs> Jews. As a rayon, this idea, that the national revival of Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael, it includes both sides. Both sides, Kodesh and Chol. The holy and, and, the, and the secular, the profane. And only if we are able to be mashlam, to perfect both of these, then it will be ro'oi for the name of tchia lumis. Then it will truly be a tchia, a revival, the resurrection of Am Yisrael. The truth is, they're not different sides. There's one mitzvah. And that Matthias has a side of it that is chol, the farming, the working, building an economy, and so on, and the side that is Kodesh, with Sada Kodesh both sides of our Tchia, must be strong, must be healthy and powerful and strong. Rechavim, expansive, umakifim, that include as called Stadi Achaim, all aspects of life have to be included in it. It's no longer, it can no longer, we can no longer go on. We had to, in Gullis, in Gullis, life was miserable, and we had no control over, over our physical lives. We were the subjects of, of, cruel, of cruel dictators and anti-Semites, and we had no control over our, our physical, over the life of Chol. We didn't have, that was not up to us, what Chol was going to look like. So naturally, what happened during the long years of Gullis is there was this tr- terrible division between Kodesh and Chol between the holy and, and the regular, between Shabbos and Sheshis and Meimais. That's what happened during, during all the long years of Golas. So Am Yisrael became sort of divided. There, they, they, were the, they were the tzaddikim that sat in the Besamedrash, 
and the Talmud Chacham that sat day and night in Bessemerush, and then the people that were that were working and schlepping and so on. And as they grew further apart, the Jews that were on the side of Kodesh became more in many ways, more extreme and more insular and isolated. And the Jews that were more involved in Chol became less and less religious. They became, they became more and more Chol. They became Chilonim. That's where the word comes from. They, they lost their connection to Kedusha. Because these, over the years of Golis, they, this, beca- this began to be seen as Ki'ilu. These are two separate worlds. There's Kodesh and Chol. And if Kuk says that can no longer be, that's not the Pneumius of Yiddishkeit. That's not what Hashem had in mind, Kodesh and Chol. That there should be religious people and chilonim. There should be tzaddikim and 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 vishoyim. That's not uh, that's not what Hashem Zbach had in mind. Yes, Shem. saying that this is an ideal for everyone, or that um, it's also important to have um, something that's exclusively kodesh. Because it just seems like if everyone's aspiring to have Kodesh and Chol together, I know, I'm, I'm sure it's a beautiful idea, obviously it's a beautiful ideal, but it just seems like unless there's also something that's very Kodesh that the people that are like trying to make that fusion are looking to and, and are able to like become more Kodesh, because obviously everyone understands the risk of what happens when you try to mix the two together, it could just be like right. you really have either very strong, or is he saying that... Um, no, really, the path for Am Yisrael for everyone is to try to do this. Okay, so that's a very important question. Lemaise, we see in many places in Rav that he always insisted that there has to be a kuhuna of Am Yisrael. There must be a separate a separate elite class of Jews. Look at the first piece in Enayah, where he speaks of Mishosh, and there Rav Kook speaks about how there always must be in Klai Yisrael Mishasha Kahanim Nechnasim. There must always be those Kahanim, those holy Jews that are Nechnasim, that are secluded and, and, and are like the Kodesh Kadashim of Am Yisrael. They mu- there must always be that, that, that class of Am Yisrael. Otherwise, the rest of Am Yisrael loses its balance. So he, there, he speaks in many, many places about, places about about in, in the he uses very often he uses that thing of the kahuna uh, that we see in the Torah that Hashem has created such a thing of the, as the kahuna, so he saw that as a as a lechatchila, but but uh, what he's trying to do with with all of this Torah is to to present kodesh and hall as a lechatchila, not just for the not just for the farmers and the kibbutzniks and the and the and the peasants. But but for all 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 Jews, religious Jews included, with the understanding that as a result of this way of life, that all Jews, even the even those who are even those who are working and so on, will have tremendous respect for the Kahanim who are sitting in the Bishan Madrash. Will have tremendous derech and love for the tzaddikim. Uh, but what he what he was upset about was that the class of Kahanim d- did not respect this the, did not respect the the Jews of, of Chol. Did not respect yeah, the Jews of Chol. Yeah, yeah. This is what he was always upset about: that not to recognize the need for this fusion of Kodesh and Chol. That he saw this is the ma- this is the major mistake that has been, that was made by the class of Kahanim, and 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 because of that. Work began over time to be seen as a terrible b'deavid among those Jews who are learning Torah. It was it began to be seen as a terrible, terrible b'deavid. 
to our times in Eretz Yisrael, it's, it's an embarrassing and humiliating thing if a person uh, goes to work. It's seen as something which is embarrassing and humiliating. And then, and then the other extreme was that there's an extreme world of chol. And they, and they began to see Yiddishkeit and Torah as something which is embarrassing and humiliating. So you have Jews that are sitting in the base of Medrash all day. They see the workers as, as, as second-class citizens, as busyiners, and they would never even consider such a thing. And then you have the guys that are, that are out in the field or that are working on the construction sites, and they would never consider being, being Shomotar mitzvahs. And this, this uh, Rav Kook saw as, as the, uh, the most horrible symptom of all the years in Golis. <clears throat> But now, we're, now that it's time for Tchia Halumis, that we're in our nation, in our country, and we have to take care of ourselves and to build ourselves, we're able to return to the original way of Tanakh, to the original way of the Ovis. And the original way of the Ovis, of course, was Kodesh and Chol. Kodesh and Chol. Which doesn't mean to say that there were, we, we, we always had Kahanim, and there, were, and there should always be Tzadikim and Kahanim, but there needs, that those Kahanim have to always show a great appreciation, love, and admiration for for all classes of Jews, while, while the Kedush of Am Yisrael is generated from on top by these great Kahanim, who are few, who are few, not, uh, not, that's not everybody uh, that learns Torah is in that, is in that category of being, uh, being a Kohen, of being in that Madrega. <coughs> but this is, this is Rav Kukso, as Lechachila, as, 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 as the way of life, as a way of life. That's why he says both sides, both sides have to be strong. In, in the fullest sense. And through the strength and power and energy of renewed life. For these two kochas of what? Of Kodesh and Chol together. Koach HaChol V'Koach HaKodesh there will be revealed the great strength and beauty of our national of our national our revival and this we will be saved and rescued from the ugliness the mistake of of that of the haskala that this professor is talking about, the suggested this professor is representing, the haskala that brought to assimilation. Hamachshila esakoach umetamtemes esaleiv, that that causes us to lose our strength and to dull and to numb our hearts. That way of Yiddishkeit. Vinei therefore he says anshe achol shabeneinu. Yodzim heim es erche hachol, the anshe hachol, those who are completely committed and involved in secular things amongst us, they have created erche hachol. They have been very useful and helpful in restoring erche hachol, Jews being Jews working, farming, and so on, and uh, and 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 building up uh, and building up uh, uh, the the land and building up society. And the and these individuals, the Anshe Hachol, have been very, very uh, useful. Yotzum Heim is Erchachol. Asukim Heim Betipulam below Heref. And they and they're occupied with doing this. Beli Heref. They don't stop. They're they're terrific. 
Rav Kook loves them. We know he loved them, and he admired what they were doing. They, he, what they were doing, the, 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 every every single working person, in Rav Kook's eyes, was was to him was was not a bidev, it was lechadchila. It's a serious bishanim. It's already a number of decades that the Anshechol are busy emptying out the swamps and fixing up things in the country. And in the actual work that they're doing, they are bringing tremendous bracha to the nation and to the land. Because the erche hachol, because these secular, um, these secular needs of life, or professions and occupations, erche hachol haluumim of of that every nation must possess, nishtakum and kimat have been almost completely forgotten over the years of Golas. have been almost completely forgotten. Utsvichim on lekoach chiloni. Rav Kook is using that term before the term is used, chilonim, which they use now in Herzl's self and non-religious people, the word chilonim. That wasn't yet used at that time. <coughs> we need a koach chiloni. Koach chiloni. That will restore to us these natural, healthy, normal requirements of day-to-day life and how to build healthy society. This must be returned. We have we need the chilonim, we need this koach hachiloni. Again, he doesn't mean chilonim as non-religious, but the koach hachiloni is needed. Translate what? How do you translate? Chiloni? Yeah. From the word chol. So just from everyday. Yeah, chol. Mundane. 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 Doesn't mean anything bad. When we say hamadim and kodesh lechol, chol doesn't mean bad. It means mundane. It means the work week. Chol. Now, on the other hand, now he turns his attention to the to the uh, yishuv, to the frumer, and he says, "Aval achisarn humitzar acher." There's another chisarn, mitzar acher. Mitzar oisam aruuyim litzoros erchei kodesh. Now he says, "There's there are those Jews who are." Who have the ability, <coughs> and who were raised with, with the koach to strengthen erche hakodesh, to strengthen all religious values, all erche hakodesh. Shalnam, of course, heim lo nishtachu These have never been forgotten to the Jewish people ever. Erche hakodesh have never been forgotten by Am Yisrael. Torah mitzvahs have never been forgotten by Am Yisrael. But Rav Kook says, "Aval halo heim tzvichim achshav lios muamadim b'tzura leumis chaya umeshpaz." But he's saying to the from chevra, "Listen, guys, you can't. Even though you're upholding all that's holy and you're continuing with everything that we've that is holy and that we need, of course, as the most precious and valuable commodity of Am Yisrael is kedusha. Nevertheless, you you can't do it the way that you used to." You can't just be locked up in the Bishamedrash and close yourself off from the rest of the people. It has to be done in such a way, but sur l'umis. L'umis means to be mashpia to the nation, to go out and to start talking and teaching and to, and to, and to get moving with this. You can't stay anymore. This is, we're not in Lodz, we're not in Varsha, we're not someplace in Aleppo. You have to, the, 
you you are connected so deeply to Erech Kodesh, you have to go out and to be mashpia. This is now the time of the Tchilumis. and you can't you can't see yourselves as being separate from from the rest of Am Yisrael. It has to be betsura leumis. It has to be in a national scale. Kedusha, Kedusha is no longer just in shul and the bismedrash. It's no longer just in your homes. We have to move. Chaya. It has to be alive. Umashpas. It has to be mashpia. So Al Cain, therefore, Tachas Lhisrages, instead of being angry all the time, that's the that's the traditional mood of Orthodox Jews being angry. Look, and even if we're not, we certainly look that way to non religious Jews. All non religious Jews think that we're angry. hundred percent. Every non religious Jew thinks that you and I are angry. We're angry at them. We're angry at each other. <coughs> and there is much truth to that. It's not altogether off. Well, instead, of, instead of all of the anger, everybody's angry at the, at the, at the Shkotsam, the Apikarsam, the Chilonim, the Mechale Shabbos, and all. Instead of, instead of being angry, Tachas <coughs> Instead of being angry, or the or uh, or the other mahalachis, instead of begging and crying, you know, the your children to be from, or begging in a way like the the non-religious to come back to the fold. In other words, instead of going and and, and crashing. Either being angry or crashing and, and, and crying to the to those who are who are uh, who are completely involved in arachim chilonim in the mundane secular things instead of being angry and crashing and begging them come back come back to the yeshiva come back to Shabbos. our obligation now. There's not one thing that's different when Rav Kook said this then to what it is now. We must elevate ourselves instead of yelling and crying like babies about how everybody is not from, what happened to our children, what happened to them, they're not from. Instead, we must elevate ourselves to a level of creativity. Amongst all of those <coughs> who have the talent and the ability to be cre- to be creative and to improve, and to and to market, to market, to sell erchei hakodesh, erchei hakodesh, to show the beauty of Yiddishkeit, <coughs> to show how beautiful Yiddishkeit is, to reach out, stop complaining, and stop yelling, stop crying. Instead, for all of those amongst us who are who are committed to erchei hakodesh. We have to we have to be we have to use our creative talents and skills to improve lishaper. The word lishaper is like the name shifra. What does it mean, shifra? Beautiful, beautiful. In the Gemara, shaper lishaper means to improve, but the but the shorish of the word lishaper shaper is what shifra. Shifra means shufra, high shufra. The balabai means beauty, beauty. We have to lishaper is erche hakodesh to to show to 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 beautify erche hakodesh. To beautify, to show how beautiful the beauty of Erechei Hakodesh. 
Every single building in Yerushalayim has to be has to be cleaned, has to be has to be white uh, power washed. It's already 50, 60, 70 years. Look how dirty Yerushalayim is. There are newer parts that are beautiful. What bizyonis that ir hakodesh klidas yofi Yerushalayim mechlal the most that is the, that is the place of beauty on earth. That there's garbage all over the streets, filth on the streets, buildings that are dirty. So the terraces that were poor, were poor, were poor. In the meantime, there are beautiful museums. There are all kinds of beautiful things that are going up, and 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 mushpelas mamish offer that that ir hakodesh v'amuchuzais amushpelas. Like we say in the Kinnis and Slichas Erev Rosh are disgusting, are degrading. That I mentioned once in the past that that a few, like like eight years ago we went with the family for the summer and we stayed. At that time we were staying in um, not in Malas Dafna, who she was living then. Uh, the tall buildings right next to Machal. You know what I'm talking about Machal. It's a couple of buildings. You know, it's in Yerushalayim, a couple of buildings already a whole. That's all. The only reason for that is because they could have a uh, so they could have a rav who was on the who was on the uh, a budget of the uh, of the government. So now we call that Kilo. Uh, there's a rav, the Machal Rav. It's just a couple of buildings. So, so uh, to go to shul. So I, I went. I would take this. There's a little path that goes behind behind the buildings, and the, to go where there was a shul. And and the garbage that that the people throwing out from the mirpasa, just throwing garbage, and and no one's picking up anything. The place is, is filthy. That we lost our self-respect in Yushalayim is mushpelis for disgusting, disgusting, filth, dirty. Yushalayim is called shufa dahayamba. It's called the beauty of the world. How did we allow Yushalayim to fall into such a place? How did that happen? There are many, many explanations for that. That that a Jew wouldn't bend, wouldn't feel that he has an achrayis to bend down and to pick up. Something that you could have there, you could have their filth that's, that's sitting there the whole the whole year, and no, they don't make a thing that the people, the kids, should go down on on, a, on an erev Shabbos or something to clean to clean up the place. In the Yushalayim, the buildings, the dirt, so the poverty, everything is a terror. So if the government would give us money, then it would be clean. You know something? I'm sorry to say this. I'll have the elf half five dollars. When I was in Poland, I was there a couple of times, and I was dragging around there. My wife and I were the chaver that we were with, and you go to these tiny little shtetlach, Yamach Shemandikas are over there, sunny as well. They're poor as dirt, but you should see how clean. You should see how clean those shtetlach are. Clean. You can look the build, the, the houses there. They're so clean. And the and the peasants stand outside there day and night, cleaning and sweeping and, and polishing and rinsing and, and taking care of their place. And Lahavl El does in Yushalayim? B'nai Brak? B'nai Brak? It's, poverty is the answer? A person who's poor but still has self-respect can figure out a way how to get a, a shmata and some spritz and to do something or to bend down and pick up a piece. It's not just the poverty. We use that to explain everything. The poverty <coughs> poverty is the explanation. The government, they're all showing. Nobody gives us money. How come they're not sending in people to clean up after us? Why don't they send people to clean up? They're supposed to clean for us. Why don't you bend down and pick up a piece of paper? It's this mentality, it's, 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 it's goalless. Now, instead of it being the anti-Semites who are goyim, now the anti-Semites are Jews, of course. So the same way you could blame the goyim for everything in goalless, which the taka, there was a lot, to, a lot to explain, that now it's very, very good. So now the mentality continues on in HSL. So now it's a problem because we can't just say things about the goyim because the, the place is run by Jews. So that's okay. So now we just hate Jews.
So now instead of hating the goyim, who are the cause of our misery, now we hate the Jews who are the cause of our misery. The, the bottom line is, someone else has to clean up after us. Someone has to take care of us. Someone has to make it nice for us. You can't fix up your place. You can't clean. You can't paint. You can't figure out a way. Economy. I'm not talking about business. Economy. You can't figure a way how to make things nicer. That you slime is the, the from of the neighborhood, the more disgusting the neighborhood. That it's a busyness. But this is, this is what Rav Kook is talking about. That we have to, we have to take the, 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 he says, instead of being angry, instead of yelling, instead of krechzing, we have to ourselves, we have to beautify and to improve. Those of us who are from have to show the beauty and to improve as Erchei HaKodesh. To show the, the greatness, the beauty of Torah, the beauty of Yushalayim, to put out beautiful svarim. Rabbi Kivega writes in his Agdom how it's so important to try to make a safer that it should be a beautiful safer. That the ksav, the writing, should be beautiful writing. That a person shouldn't have to, to, to struggle to be able to see tiny oasis. Even that, to make everything in Yiddishkeit, to make it beautiful. Our neighborhoods, our homes, that our children should be neat and taken care of, that our swarm should be beautiful swarm, that our, that our shuls should be beautiful. Yiddishkeit is, Yiddishkeit is, it's Kedusha. Everything has to be treated in the way of Kedusha. In, in the way of Kedusha. And I was, I was talking a few weeks ago in the shul about how to, to value the Kedusha of the shul. And it was Pasha Strum about because it was the time of the anniversary we came into the building. And, and then I mentioned this uh, maybe at the Chabur, but then Friday night, so I was, that Friday night I was with some of the teenagers in the shul, some of the Chavra, we had a very good time. And we, they came up to the house and we, were, we, we had like an Einig Shabbos. And then one of the boys asked, but Rabbi, how, how, what, what can we do to, what can we do to, 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 to contribute like, to the Kedusha of, of the shul? So I said, to begin with, when you walk in the bathroom, you see their papers on the floor, pick them up. You know, they, they thought I was going to talk about something Hasidish, you know, like uh, the Kedusha, what are we going to do with the holiness of the Shul? I said, like, why don't you pick up a piece of paper? If you see something in the Shul, if you see something, it's not, it's not been, my, believe me, my heart is broken that downstairs the social hall, the walls are so dirty over time, and that we, that we have to try to get the money together to, to paint and to fix. It's not, not because of aesthetics. It's because this is, this is, our, this is our little bit of Samikdash over here. And, the, and it has to be taken care of properly. We have to have respect for, for Kedusha. For all Erche HaKadosh have to be beautiful. Not because uh, 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 we have expensive tastes. And, 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 and I've been having this discussion for a while because everybody's waiting downstairs. Uh, downstairs, it, it got over the years. You know, it was, it, was so, it, was, it was a brand new building. And over the years, you know, with all the children and, and all the knocking and hacking that goes on, uh, with the food and everything that gets, starts to get dirty, the steps, the walls get black and get dirty. So there are people that say, no, we're going to make it into the mouse. You have to make it into a beautiful, beautiful place so we could have Shabbos. No, we could have Shevabrachs down there. And we could have a, to make it nice uh, to make brisson down there. And people should feel like they could take the, you know, to, to hire the place out so the shul can make some. But before you get to, to any of that, why don't you just, like, we have to clean the walls. The place has to be fixed up. And Jews have to appreciate that. And they always have appreciated. But it's not just... It, it affects everything. If you begin to neglect... If you begin to neglect the shul, you begin to neglect the yeshiva, then you start looking dirty yourself. Because you lose, when you lose respect for the beauty of Ercha HaKadosh, then Yiddishkeit becomes something that's no longer beautiful in your eyes. Forget about the chilonim, that they don't see it as beautiful. Jews themselves... 
don't see it as beautiful. They don't see it as beautiful. That you, you go in some conservative temple, some reformed temple, to have everything is, everything is clean and nice, and uh, they don't have to spend their money, obviously, on yeshivas. They don't have to buy film. They don't have to pay for tzitzis. They don't have to eat kosher food. They, I mean, they have to, but they don't eat kosher food. So they have a lot more money to spend on the building. Also, it's very, very uh, underused. You know, you have a huge building, only, you know, 10 people the entire year, just on the high holidays, they have a couple of hundred, so the building doesn't get abused. It's, and it's nice that the building is used, just like it's nice that our swarm are being used. But the same way, a Jew doesn't leave a safer uh, uh, sitting, you put the safer back on the, on, on the shelf, you respect kol erche ha-kodesh. Kol erche ha-kodesh. This is also, this is also a symptom of this terrible division between kodesh and chol. When it comes to chal, when it comes to work, and it comes to everything you do on, on the job, it has to be spitz beautiful. Everything at work has to be beautiful. Whether you're a technician, you're a gardener, whatever it is, it has to be mamish, hundred percent. But when it comes to when it comes to when it comes to Yiddishkeit, when it comes to Yiddishkeit, what is that? We don't, we don't have in, in kedusha to have erche hakodesh that should be beautiful. I already commented. This already the, this man is already finished. You see the the first flights are already coming in from Eretz the Bochum. They're already coming in. That's it. Showing the man is already finished. Any other job in the world, there's no such thing. Where is there a job in the world where a person says, ah, "I had enough, I had enough"? So the guys, the boss says, uh, "You're employed for 12 months. You have a two week vacation. Two week vacation. You're employed for 12 months." No, no. I I have a two and a half, three months. I'm working too hard, you know. Tyson is hard. I got it. I got it. I, I need a break. The whole, the whole loss of self-respect and what happened to us—that erche hakodesh have lost their beauty in our eyes. What it means to be a ben Torah, What it means to dress like a ben Torah, to look like a bas Torah. I'm not talking now about halacha. That's of course. I'm not talking about this halacha. So it's not halacha that you have to wear a black coat and you have to wear a big hat. I'm not talking about. That's not halacha. But to walk around with your shirt out like a schlepper, to walk around dirty, that it became like almost a simon. You have in certain circles of from people, it became like a simon, that like you don't care about gashmias. <laughs> Keely, you don't care about gashmias. That you can walk like a schlump. Well, this is, this is a chila Hashem that we've made. That's the word chol, comes the word chilul. And we, we have been making for many, many years a chila Hashem in front of the chilonim, not just the goyim, in front of the chilonim. Who look at us and see, who see, angry, bitter, impoverished people who don't even take care of their own of their own shuls, their own yeshivas, their own cities. You drive up to Monroe. Monroe's Monroe. I remember when it was when it was built. Monroe's a beautiful place, but also it started over the last ten, fifteen years with the garbage and the, it started to get dirty already. How do you make a beautiful place in suburbia that's like totally, you know, open space? How do you turn that into a slum? We know how to do it. It's an amazing thing. You would think that, how do you make such a place into a slum? Mela, you understand that, it's, that you, could do that to, you could do that to Borough Park. You could do that to, to City, to Flappers. You could do that to Farakway. You could do that. You understand, because it's the city. So again, uh, what are we going to do? It's the city. There's a lot of stuff going on. How do you make a beautiful, beautiful suburban place into a slum? When you go, you drive out to every Goyish neighborhood out in, the, out in the mountains is clean and is beautiful. You drive into the Jewish neighborhood and there's garbage coming out all over the place and it's dirty and starting to get dirty. It, it took 20, 30 years because it was new. 
But now it's already, there's, there's, it's already schmutzig all over the place. How do you do that? How do you make that into a slum? So there are a lot of children, and the children are not, uh, the children are hard to take care of. It's always somebody else. There's always somebody to blame. Or it's, I guess, the Internet. <laughs> Must be the Internet. The Internet is responsible for our neighborhood being dirty. It's the Internet. Because everybody's busy watching the Internet, so they don't have time to clean. So there's no time to clean the house because it's the Internet. So nobody has time. But <clears throat> sorry, I'm venting a little bit. Though. But it's but it's 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 upsetting. It's upsetting because Yiddishkeit, the beauty of Yiddishkeit, the beauty of Yiddishkeit, and I'm going to take it a step further because I have one of the one of the Tzadkanias, one of the sweet girls from the shul, uh, came over to me was talking to me about how she heard from her rabbanit where she was in Israel about how she's not supposed to wear any makeup. So we're going to call it the Narishkeit, a new Yiddishkeit. The original wants the Jewish girl should be beautiful. It's to be tsenua, to be modest, but to be beautiful, not to dress to dress like 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 some peasant someplace in the Ukraine, but to dress with chain and to dress beautifully, and it should be and it should be attractive. When I say the word attractive, you understand, I'm talking about in the way of Esther HaMalka. I'm not talking about attractive, what they say in the street is attractive. That's disgusting. I'm talking about what's attractive for a Jewish girl. So she hears a speech by some, by some, by some lady over there, somewhere in Yushalayim. <clears throat> some farfrumpte lady over there says to her, says to the girls, gives a speech about how this is not right, and this is America, this is America. When you go back to America, you have to be strong. Don't put on any eyeshadow when you get back to America. Make sure not to put on any lipstick. That's the way of the Americans, the Americans, the Americans, the Americans who are paying for her apartment for the last uh, 50 years. That's the way of the Americans, to put on eyeshadow, to put on lipstick. Anyways, who ever heard of such a thing? It's a whole new Yiddish guy. And it's, uh, all, of it is, all of it comes out to be that, that, that Jews who are living in Kedusha give the impression of being angry, poor, ugly, downtrodden, unhappy people. Instead of, instead of what Yiddishkeit, Yiddishkeit is, is Yerushalayim. It's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Everything is b'chent. Fatisa chen v'chesed. Everything about Esther Malka. The... the Everything about Esther Malka is beautiful. Be'ene kol ro'eha, it says. Everybody who saw Esther Malka saw her beauty. That's the way it has to be with a from Jew. Everybody who sees us has to see that we're beautiful people. Everybody who looks at us should see the chen of Am Yisrael. Instead, everybody's yelling that people are angry with us, people are against us, and so on and so forth. So you go up to the mountains where, where I spend most summers, my family has spent most summers for almost 20 years, you go up to the mountains and everybody's upset because they're all anti-Semites, all the government anti-Semites. Mm-hmm. You know something? They are anti-Semites. Many of them are big anti-Semites. Big anti-Semites. But we give them plenty of material. If you've been into the mountains, you know what I'm talking about. Plenty of material, like getting out of your car, parking your car across the opening to the entire soup, to the entire uh, uh, um, mark, the uh, mall, putting your car across, running in just for a little bit. I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm in it. Comes out, there are 50 guys sitting with rifles. <laughs> these guys, you know? Because that's what these guys do, for, that's what they do with their entire lives. They sit on the porch and they shoot things like in the trees. And then, and then the guy, the little Hasidic guy comes out. And Shuldig, and Shuldig, and Shuldig, and Shuldig. He went in to buy something, you know, a, a bottle of milk. His wife sent him a bottle of milk. He blocks the whole parking lot. And every single guy is sitting there, like, you know. <laughs> and the anti-Semites. There are anti-Semites, but you're making yourself like a sitting duck for the anti-Semites. And you give them so much material to work what goes on over there. The busy are so I'm embarrassed. 
No, it's embarrassing. Those who are familiar with that, it's mamish embarrassing. We carry on and handle and, and, and the whole the whole mitzvah there is such an embarrassing mitzvah. With all of the beauty of the people, there are beautiful Jews. They're sheni Eden. But this is this is something that we lost or, or became very weak over the long years of of, of, of Godless, Became very very weak. Yeah, Avram. It really has changed. They had rebellion nowadays in from neighborhoods that have come out and said you have to say good morning. Bo Hashem, that's, that's a big chiddish. Could you imagine? And it's changed. It's 15 years now that I can walk in a Jewish city and not be looked at. To, to smile, to say good Shabbos. So how did such a thing happen? But let's be positive about it because you're hurting. Yeah. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Have a good morning. <laughs> But should this should this be such a thing? Every you take you can't go. I when I if you if you take a walk someplace in Colorado, you can't go five steps without it, you're looking down at the floor because that's what we got used to doing for thousands of years. You're looking down at the floor and somebody says, "Good morning, how you doing there? Good morning." Yeah, you're right. It's the natural instincts of Am Yisrael over the years. We lost our natural connection. We taught them this. Of course, that's what I'm saying. Shen Eden, the most the most, and Yushalayim is not the most beautiful. This, the, the covering is on the surface, the dirt. And on us, it's also not. Of course, it's on the surface. And, and, and that we have to be taught once again. We have to tell our children, Kindlach, remember to say good morning to somebody. Remember to say hello. Remember to say good morning. There was a beautiful thing when I was near to sell now. So one of the fellas came to pick me up at the airport from the yeshiva. He came to drive me. And he said that there was a, that there's a, where he lives, which is in Ramat Ashkol, there was a, uh, there was a certain, uh, Rosh Hashiva. Um, I don't remember his name. He told me there was a certain Rosh Hashiva, and this Rosh Hashiva was walking with his son. His son's around ten years old, and Rosh Hashiva was walking with his son on the street, and and um, and there were a few chevra that were walking with kippot shurgot, like a modern Orthodox, like misnachlish chevra walking, and the and this and this and the uh, the boy said to said to his father, him him no goyim. I guess maybe there was maybe a boy and a girl, maybe they were too close. There were boys and girls walking together. He said they like Goyim. So this person told me he knows this was Shiva, that for the next three years, every single Shabbos, he took his son to Davin in a in a shul of the of the Misnachlan. Hmm. To Davin together with the Dati'im Lumim, to Davin together. You call these people Goyim? Kamo Goyim? To his credit. That this was Shiva said, took his son and we're Davening with them. That's what we're gonna Davin now. There are there are improvements, of course there are improvements. And there are people that are standing up and screaming. What I'm showing is the relevance of everything that Rav Cook was talking about then is just as relevant now. And we can't let our guard down. We have to try. We have to work at it. It's not chas to, to to be negative. But you have to be you have to you have to be able to honestly to honestly um evaluate the situation, to, to give a diagnosis. This I find to be also a rum and I'm not I'm responding to to your your good Suggestion, but what I'm saying is as follows: I have found in the past that the second, especially when it comes to by uns, by the frumer, the second you the, that there's there's something that's interpreted as being slightly um, critical, they become very very defensive. Get very defensive. Oh, you're saying something against the yeshiva world. You're against gedolim. You're against the Torah. Very defensive. That's also an unhealthy, very unhealthy. You and I would say that about any of our children. Instead of being defensive, you should only speak positive. 
Yeah, do something good. I'll talk positive about it. That's the way I was raised. I wasn't. I wasn't raised. I wasn't raised in such a world where where you you could be a, you could be a, a horrible, destructive, miserable kid, and your parents say to you, you're, you're, you're the best. You're a tzaddik. Tzaddik, come here. Tzaddik, come there. My father. My father gave me said something positive, and it was a word or two. When when I did something good, and when I did something that was wrong, he told me it was wrong. And that's the way that we used to be raised. And we become, and, and when you see that you're so delicate and we're so brittle that you can't, you can't be self-critical, the end of, a, of, of any society is when you cannot be self-critical. When you can't be self-critical, forget about others criticizing you, but you can't criticize yourself. That's what's happened to us. You can't criticize yourself. You can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is wrong. What's wrong with us? Oh, that's against, the, you're saying something against the G'daylam. No, I, I'm saying... Is this right or is it wrong? Don't start talking about the, the, that I'm, I have something against Ramosha Feinstein. I have nothing against Ramosha Feinstein. So, so, so let's talk about the Indian. Let's talk about the Indian and being self-critical and being honest. If we're not honest and we're not self-critical and we, and we buy into this whole thing that if there's one positive thing we say everything's gewaltig, everything, that's what's wrong with us. This is, this is the whole pluralistic American thing. Everything is gewaltig. It's not gewaltig. The difference is as follows. As Yidin, we have to believe one million percent in the beauty of Yerushalayim. And we believe one million percent in the beauty of every single Jew in the world, even the biggest Mechal Shabbos, to believe in the beauty of that person. And whatever schmutz there is, to believe one million percent, it's very easy to clean it off. It's all on the surface. That's what it means to be positive. To be positive doesn't mean to say, no, everything is, everything is clean. That's not what it means to be positive. That was that's what that what it means to be dishonest. It means to be dishonest, and that's why we have a lot of service because we've fallen into this whole new modern way of thinking. It's not not to be self-critical and not to be dishonest. And the second somebody says something that's wrong, everybody starts to say that's terrible. It's this is the right. Says lashon hara is All of a sudden, lashon hara Nobody cares about lashon hara when it comes to sitting at the Shabbos table and talking about you know uh, Aunt uh, Aunt uh, Bela and Uncle Beryl. Then everybody can say whatever they want. But when it comes to saying what's wrong in our communities and what we have to do to improve and being self-critical, that's lashon hara mechilas. No, that's hiding. That's hiding. Instead of being self-critical. So we have to wait for other people to criticize us. We, should, we need to be self-critical. That's what it means to be a grown person. <clears throat> That's what it means to be connected to Musa. Musa means, in, in the truest sense, in the deepest sense, who the Gdalai Musa, the Alta from Kelm, the Alta from Slabat, you know what kind of tzaddikim they were? They were, these were tzaddikim who didn't budge when it came to the truth. Didn't budge, didn't give an inch when it came to Emes. And they didn't wait for it to come from somebody else. They, they, they looked for themselves. You want to know what the Kutzka was? That's what the Kutzka That's the truth of Kutzka. They think the truth of Kutzka is like they make like they like to tell these stories about the Kutzka said, the Sharf of Ertlach, that he said, the, like, oh, the Kutzka, like as a Kutzka put down, you know? Like the Kutzka gave somebody a sharp word. That, that's not the Kutzka. The Kutzka was Tariq Yisrael. The Kutzka was the greatest Jew in the world. The need of the Kutzka was Emes, was the truth. And the truth has to be, the truth has to be uncovered within ourselves by us, not to wait for somebody else to do it. So we don't like that other people are criticizing us. We don't like that people say bad things about us. So what do we say about ourselves? Everything is gewaldi. Everything is gewaldi. Everything is wonderful. You look at our Jewish newspapers, you would think that everything is... Everything is not that the Jewish newspapers starts bashing anybody, but you would think that everything is perfect in our communities now. Everything is terrific. That's why how many years did it take, how many years did it take the from community to, 
to even talk about children being abused? How many is it to even talk about? With the government already working these things for 100 years in America, and it took the Jews just recently to even talk about it. And in our, in our communities, when you talk about it, you're already, you're, you're already a choshet of being a sign of Yisrael if you talk about it. And if you, if you take some mushka, some murder, you take him to the police, they look at you as being a, that you're, that, that you're mastering, right? That you're mastering. Because there's someone who's killing a thousand kids, and you're a master. If you're taking this person to jail, they look at you like you're mastering. How did that happen to us? You're right. We taught the whole world what it means to be a human being. We taught the whole world what it means to be erlich, to be holy, to be pure. So how did it come about that there are people walking around in our communities who are child molesters, and they can go like that for 20, 30, 40 years. And if you report them, then you're a Russia? That means that makes you into a Russia? I'm Isaac in this the whole week with something in Eretz Yisrael now. The whole week, this is what I'm on, the whole week. This, an Indian like this, in Yerushalayim. And who are the Rishayim? The Rishayim are the, are the family members who are turning in somebody who is doing something with one of the, with one of the kids in Yerushalayim for the, last, for the last five years. And who's the Rishayim? The Rishayim are the family. And now they're not going to get Shaduchim. Well, the animals who are protecting that person, they're going to marry off to all the rubbish of families and all the rubbish of but the, but the parents of the, of the kid and the cousins and the relatives who are trying to save not only their child who's been molested, but all the other children who these animals are molesting, that, they're not going to be able to make a shidduch in Yerushalayim. They're not going to make a shidduch. Who's going to make a shidduch? He's a master. They master the Jew. Master the Jew. This guy's an animal. He's destroying, he's destroying kids all over the place. And they're, and they're talking, that's mastering? Unless, unless somebody, because Rav Yashiv said you're allowed, to give the, you're allowed to report him to the police. If, you have to quote Rav Yashiv to be able to take this guy to the police? What they should do is to take this guy and throw him, or, 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 throw him into the East Yerushalayim, let them take care of him. You should throw them in, up, up onto the Harabais. If a Jew likes to go to the Harabais, take one of these guys and throw them up to the Harabais. And you'll see how he'll start to scream, it's Nisakaris, it's Nisakaris. But he's, he's handling with children his whole life, but throw them onto the Harabais. So yesterday there was a Jew in Yusan that was taken off to jail, a child molester. But the whole family is already going to be fashmuts. That's what's going to happen. It's already started. A known child molester. How did this happen to us? So we're not going to talk about it. All Jews are good. Everything is good. Everything is gewaldic. All the, uh, oh, everything in our community is beautiful. Because we're not self-critical, we're not honest, because of that, over the years, this is what's happened to us, and, and that we have to go, any Jewish organization now is only, that's trying to help kids, it's only an imitation of a Gaisha organization, Kiyadua. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Kiyadua. Anything good that we're doing in our society, good, I don't mean in, I don't mean in term of I mean good, societally healthy and good, it's all because we're trying to take from the gun to figure out what they've been doing for the last 50, 60, 70 years. That's why I mentioned to you, when I went, to, there was a meeting of Rabbonim years ago, so I had to go to these, but this one was a certain year, the Tzadik, they asked me to come, that they, that they made, for, they're making for boys, like they have, by the going, they're already doing this for 50, 60 years, where they have these wilderness things, you know, where they take kids who are not fitting into school, and they're having a hard time, with, they take them out to these wilderness camps, and they, they mamish work with them, and they make them to, responsible to do things, and to clean up. You know that my wife and I, my wife's teaching to the ladies, you were in the Kelm, she's, she was learning the Indian of Kelm. So my wife was learning with the ladies, the Indian of Seder. Seder and Kelm is a very big thing. So my wife was learning, the, the, you know that in Kelm, you know what the rule was by the altar of Kelm? No goyim were allowed to be janitors in the building. No such thing. Guess who cleaned the buildings in Kelm? The Bachram. The Bachram were responsible. And guess what? The Bachram were fighting for the responsibility who would have the bigger job how to clean the, the yeshiva. 
The Bachrum are cleaning. Go try. Let's try. Go, let's try on Sunday. Let's go to the yeshivas and suggest that the Bachrum, my Yankee, my Yankee, my my Golda, my Sarala. The Altam Kelm was a Tyreid. It was a big tzaddik. The Altam Kelm said the boys are cleaning the yeshiva. No janitors. Are, need, we don't need any janitors to clean the yeshiva. The boys will clean the yeshiva. And they were fighting for the job. You know why? Self-respect. That's called self-respect. It's called responsibility. That was a trademark in Kelm. Responsibility, self-respect. You don't correct about somebody else coming to clean up your filth. You clean it yourself. You keep your mouth closed and you clean. Who's telling that to our children these days? Every single kid will pass anything that's lying on the floor because there's going to be some shakers or some shiksa that's going to clean it for them. So therefore, why do I have to bend down and clean? That's the mentality. Where? What? That's the mentality. And anything that's good? So I ha- we have to go here. So I went to the thing. There was a meeting in Borapak. We and they had this guy. This guy was like, like was a guy with a capital gimbal. You know what I mean? There was there, like from the Midwest someplace. I was afraid to look at him. He looked like, like you know, he had that look. And, and like this tall, scary-looking guy, like a ranger, you know, like one of these ranger types, they pull you over and they throw you into jail if you were speeding or something. He had that look. Uh, and, and this guy was talking to us about the wilderness camps. And so everybody, so the hidden is sitting back, and of course, while we're eating, everybody's eating, and talking about, oh, it's talk, it could be, it's talk, interesting. And, oh, oh. Yeah, but <laughs> that's Tateus Kashas and all these things. They're doing this for 50, 60 years. Now, anybody that doesn't believe in wilderness is already like an idiot. Because the last, the last 10 years, uh, then all of a sudden, all the front people are saying, oh, it's a good idea, it's a good idea. You know, there's some kids, they're just not going to fit into the yeshiva. Maybe we need to give them an option. Oh, why do we have to take that from the guy? Is that, uh, we, we need to learn that from the guy? What it means to be healthy, what it means to be normal? I have to go, I have to go find this out from some, some ranger, what it means to be healthy, that there's a kid that doesn't belong in yeshiva. He doesn't belong in yeshiva, that's nothing wrong with him. He's a, he's a beautiful kid. He's a precious Jew. They're, he doesn't belong in yeshiva, so what? So what? So you have to make places for kids like that. They could work carpentry, and they could do plumbing, and you take them out to the fields, and you build them a, you build them a place. Like they have an HSL, many batei sefer, mikitsoayim, you know, like to teach them a trade, to do something where they could feel good about themselves. And this we have to go learn. We have to hear from some guy from, from, from Arkansas to give us a drosha. That all these rabbanim are sitting around listening to this guy from Arkansas giving a drosha, and we're all saying, oh, it's not a good idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Now we could use this as maybe we can make him lava malka. We can fundraise <laughs> We have to make a fundraiser. Once we have making funds, we could also use some of the money to go to the yeshiva. We could the other part of the yeshiva. There are two parts. We're going to make two parts of the yeshiva. We're going to make one in the yeshiva out in the field. We'll raise a lot of money because people like that idea. We're going to raise a lot of money for the yeshiva out in the field, but we'll be able to take some of the money to get into the yeshiva. That's Gullus. This is, this is what Rav Cook is ranting against. That's what he's upset about. The disengagement of Kodesh and Chal. And we're suffering, we're suffering from that adayom, this separation between Kodesh and Chol. The tchilu umis means, what Rav Kook is saying, instead of screaming, instead of crying and yelling, to bring together klil teferis shal Kodesh Kadoshim, the beauty of all, that's, of all that exists in the world that Hashem gave us, and to bring it all together in Avodah Hashem, to serve Hashem in that most beautiful way. Mitzvah Hashem will continue with the Eretz Hefetz next next. <coughs> I told Ellie what you said last week.